I'm going to try to clarify something that is total confusion in the life of a lots of people that say they're Christians. They're church members. They're active in attendance. And yet, they do not understand the importance of the subject this morning. I'm entitling the message simply, Is Baptism Really That Important? We talk about the flag of the United States and what it represents. I hope you know what it represents, and a lot of Americans don't know what it represents. But you see, the, the thing about the church is not the flag, not the Christian flag. What reveals to the world who Christians are is baptism. And when I even use the word, a huge number of you have no concept of what baptism is. I don't have my own ideas, but I sure have a lot of scripture to decide what baptism is. Because the Bible is as clear on baptism as any subject that it speaks to. And baptism is critically important. Because if you are confused on this, and so many are, you're going to be confused on most everything that the scripture has to say. We don't understand the importance of it. We don't understand the meaning of it. We do not understand why we even do it. And certainly we have our arguments as to what is baptism. We like to argue about that. I'm not going to argue with anyone. I'm just going to try to preach the word today and we'll just let the, uh, everything just kind of fall as it will. But uh, let me just make some statements to you. Baptism does not cleanse us from sin. Baptism is not something you go to do so that you now know you're saved because you've been baptized. It has nothing to do with the salvation experience. Stick with me. Baptism does not cleanse us from sin, and baptism is not salvation. It shows and it tells everybody that we are born-again Christians, but it does not make us a born-again Christian. It is an outward sign of an inward experience. Baptism is symbolic of our vicarious death, burial, and resurrection with Jesus Christ. We're buried with Christ in baptism unto death, and we're raised to walk in a new life. That new life is a life of holiness. Here's another way to say it. When a person is baptized, they are saying to themselves and to their family and to whoever watches, I am a new person, and you're going to see the difference in the coming days. You're going to see major changes in my life. I am flying the flag, but I want you to see what it means in my life that Jesus came into my life. I will not be the same person again. I may not be what I want to be. I may not be what I ought to be. But I certainly won't be what I was and what I used to be. But yet we go on and on with our own 
personal ideas. And by the way, whenever you get in the discussion on theology, don't say it's all right for you to believe that, but I don't believe that. That doesn't have anything to do with it. It's not what I believe or what you believe. It's what he says. And what he says is truth. Whether I believe it or I don't believe it, it is truth. And so when we look at the subject today, let's look at it with an open mind and see what does God say that baptism is and have you ever had believer's baptism? So listen carefully. Romans 6, 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not, listen to this, that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we're buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. My question to you is, When you were baptized, did a major change take place in your life? When you were baptized, I don't want you to miss it, did a major change take place in your life? Or do you remember that day? In fact, I can't hardly remember. I think I was. I don't remember. I think I was at grandmother's house. I don't know, man. Carried me vacation. I don't know what it was. But the question is, when you were baptized, did a major change take place in your life? So major that everybody that knew you knew something happened to you. And you're not the same anymore. Baptism doesn't guarantee victorious Christian living. That's called grace. It it is the power of God's grace that's required for daily living. God's grace is sufficient every day. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That not only saved a wretch like me, but keeps me going day by day. It's God's grace that gets me through every obstacle that comes my way. Because, you see, every day we're on the battlefield. Every day the Christian army goes on the battlefield. And many go out and before noon they've already surrendered to the enemy. If not, about the time of the cocktail hour. They will surrender to the enemy. They will keep on just giving up every day. Give up, give up. Oh, but I was baptized. Bless God, I was baptized. Don't remember where, when, or how, but I remember because I got it written in my Bible the day that it happened. Could I let you in on a little secret for those of you that uh, haven't been around as long as some of the rest of us? You can't live the Christ-like life in your flesh. I don't care what your education is, lack thereof, or a lot of it. You cannot do it. There's only one person that can live the life of Jesus, and that's Jesus. But Jesus wants to live his life through you and through me. And he wants to come and live in our life with such radiance that everybody, including us, will know that a wonderful change in my life was wrought when Jesus came into my heart. And so all of this baptism thing, it's not to be a member of the church. It is to picture beautifully what happened in my life when Jesus took over. At salvation, Christ's blood, 
Listen what it does. It redeems, it cleanses, it makes our spirits righteous in God's sight. There is no question that when salvation takes place, we are born again and the old life passes away. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, from the day that we are born again and saved, and then we go public, that's the beginning. But what's going to push us into what God has planned is God in us. That is the hope of glory. And the, one of the most convicting complaints that come from non-Christians towards Christians is because they have seen people before they were baptized or before they said they became a Christian and they don't see any change. They hear the talk, but they don't see the walk. They, they hear our voice, but they also notice our personality and our attitudes and our weaknesses to sin. And they question that. And they have a right to question that, folks, because when Jesus comes in and we're born again, it ought to be pretty obvious. One of the most difficult questions for those of us that are in the ministry to answer is why are the members of the churches so much like those that are not members of churches when it comes to their social life, their language, their thought process, their priorities? Because you see, those people look and, they, and they're asking questions. Are you really changed? Oh, yeah, I was baptized. Let me just uh, illustrate it like this. Somebody says, are you a Christian? Can I give you the normal answers? Uh, I'm Methodist. <laughs> Are you a Christian? I'm a Baptist. Bless God, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a Lutheran. I'm Episcopalian. I'm a Catholic. That's not the question. The question is, have you ever been born again? Because not any one of those groups, and you can name them, and they'll go across this room. We've got the Hope Church, the No Hope Church, and every other kind of church. All right? But the church does not change your life one iota. I don't care how many Bible classes you go to or how many sermons you listen to or how many songs you sing when you're by yourself. That's not the new birth. Churches don't save. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Hallelujah. Jesus saves. The church isn't perfect, but Jesus is perfect. And he is the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. The next time that somebody asks you that question, are you a Christian, could I give you a possible answer? I'm, I'm going to offend some of you, especially the Baptists, <laughs> of which I am. Can I give you an answer? Are you a Christian? I am a totally committed follower of Jesus Christ. Are you ready for that again? I am a totally committed follower of Jesus Christ. Now, you can hang any other title on the end of that you want to. But I'd also want you to know I'm a Baptist <laughs> or a Catholic or whatever. No, 
Are you a totally committed? That's every area of your life. Is it committed to Jesus Christ? If it is, bless God, you're saved. If it isn't, we need to talk. You need to pray. Really, I don't need to talk to you. You need to let the Holy Spirit talk to you. You need to let God talk to you. So let's let him continue to do so. John 13, 35. You ready for this one? But this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. How are you doing in that category? Say, well, I just love everybody. Everybody loves me. I love everybody. I'm just happy, 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 happy. Or if somebody's with you 15 minutes, would you nail somebody? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It might have been the person that got your parking place out here at the church parking lot a while ago, but I don't know where it might take you, but listen to Matthew chapter 3. This is the baptism of Jesus. Then came Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of you. And come you to me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it be so now. For thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That was Jesus' baptism. Now listen in Acts chapter 16 to Paul's words. Or the story of Paul and Silas. It starts off in verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. They sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Now these guys are in jail. Okay? They got a bad sentence. They're locked up. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken. Immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands was loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we're all here. Then he called for a light. He sprang in. He came trembling and he fell down before Paul and Silas brought them out and listen and said sirs what must I do to be saved not what do I do to join the church what do I do and they said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house and they spoke unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house and he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized, he in all of his straight way. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoicing with them, believing in God with all his house. Wow. Something happened that night. And everybody in that story, a change took place in their life. Now let me put some things together for you. First of all, let me tell you what baptism is. It is the dipping or immersion of a believer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who has professed Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. Now, that's what it is. 
you say, I choose to believe you because we don't bury them in baptism. We, no, that's no argument there. This is the Bible. This is not any denomination or any preacher. This is the Bible. Very clear, the word baptizo means to immerse in the Greek language. That's all it's ever meant is to immerse. No accounts in the Bible would question that. But what method should be used? Definitely as Jesus was. That word, not sprinkling, not pouring, not christening, but immersion, baptize, baptizo, because it is the thing that God chose to tell the world that that person is a new person. We're buried in Christ with baptism unto death, raised to walk in a new life, and you can expect to see a difference in that person's life. And because if, they, if you don't, then just maybe there was a wrong reason to be baptized. Maybe you need to do it to please somebody. Maybe you did it because it was cool. I just think, I just think I'd like to do that. No, that's not good enough. You say, preacher, I don't agree with you. Well, just listen to the Scripture. Matthew 3, 16, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. That's Jesus' baptism. That's a pretty good role model right there. Mark 1, 5, they were all baptized by him in the river of Jordan. The river of Jordan, if you've not been there, is bigger than a teacup. It is bigger than a bowl. It's a pretty impressive river. Some of you have been baptized in that river. John 3, 23, and John also was baptized in Anon near Tisalem because, listen, there was much water there. Acts 8, 38, they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. In the book of Romans 6, 4, we're buried with Christ in baptism unto death. We're raised to walk in newness of life. In the book of Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, buried with him in baptism. You see, the Scripture says baptism is immersion. It is a picture. It is a, a, a message that people could understand. The old life is gone. The burial is over. And a new life is coming. Amen. You know, when we bury people that know the Lord Jesus Christ in the cemetery, that's not the end of the story, folks. Amen. They will rise. And so shall we ever be with the Father. Well, who should be baptized? Good people? No. Saved people. Believers. New believers. Those that have been born again. Those that know, they know something happened in my life. I don't think like I used to. I don't enjoy what I used to enjoy. I don't, I'm not comfortable about some of the people that I used to call my best friends. I'm not comfortable going there. I'm not comfortable watching that. I'm not comfortable talking like I'm talking. It bothers me. It grieves me. That's what you will feel like when you are born again. Those things are no longer important. You begin to realize that you were walking in darkness. Now you're walking in light. In the darkness, you didn't know where you were going or what you were doing, but everybody else was there, so why not? But when you get born again, old things pass away and all things become new. In, in, in Mark 16, 16, it says, He that believes and is baptized will be saved. Acts 2, 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Acts 2.41, then they that gladly received his word 
were baptized. Let me just stop right there and tell you. There's over 100 people at Sagemont Church that have taken time to fill out cards and say that they want to be a born-again Christian and have never been baptized. That's a dangerous place to be. Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I command? See, God has a way of hitting us. It makes you mad if you're not saved, but it makes you glad when you are saved and you just have put off a great blessing that God had in store for you. Acts 8.12 says, When they believed, they were baptized, both men and women. Note, no infants. Did you notice that? No infants. Well, I was baptized as a baby. No, you weren't. You were sprinkled. You were blessed. You were not baptized. Okay? Acts 8.13 Simon himself believed and was baptized. Acts 8, 36. What does hinder me from being baptized? Well, if you believe with all your heart, was the answer, and you may. Acts 18 and 8. Many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and they were baptized. you know anything about the Corinthians? Well, I'm not going to call the name of any state, but I could tell you some of the states that have a lot of them in them. That was a bad town, folks. That was a bad place to live. They were nutty as fruitcakes. I'm telling you. And it's in that context where it says, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. I know some places in the United States where I wish that happened. No telling what could happen in some places in our country if people get saved. Now, a few of them are, but most of them aren't. And it's no, it's no, you don't have any problem picking out where they are. I'm not picking on any of them. You go do your own research, okay? So what is the purpose of baptism? What is the purpose? To be obedient to the Scriptures. Well, I don't understand. You don't have to understand. I don't know again about the home you grew up in. I know a lot and never will forget the home I grew up in. My mother and daddy never seemed to give me any explanation of what they told me to do because I disagreed with it. They seem to never waver. You know what? God doesn't waver either. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God says be baptized, it's time to get baptized if you're saved. If you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Acts 2.38 says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. So when you see hundreds in one location that have never had believers' baptism, you wonder, but what are they missing? God's got so much for them. He's wanting to bless them with his love, his talent, whatever you need. He will supply your need, but your walking in obedience is what's going to make the blessings begin to come and fall upon you. But when you walk in disobedience, it's very, very difficult for that to happen. In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, the Great Commission says, Go ye therefore, teach all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Luke 3, 12, Master, what shall we do? When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. And then in Acts again, the 10th chapter, the 48th verse, and he commanded them, to be baptized in the name of the Lord. So, number one, being obedient. Number two, to follow the example of Jesus. 
Matthew 3, 13, then, then comes Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Jesus went many, many, many miles in order that he could be baptized by John in order to set an example for us. We won't go 50 feet. He went 200 miles. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. As he is, so we are to be. And then there's another reason. And that is to proclaim unashamedly your identity with Christ. Now, I'm, I'm hitting on a sore spot right now. I can assure you, I am speaking right now to literally thousands of people, and they are ashamed to tell their friends, I'm a new person. I'm not going to be like I've always been. I hope you'll love me and enjoy the new life that I have. I want to share it with you. However, don't be ashamed. You will not be ashamed. There's some of you, you would not think about wearing a piece of jewelry. You would not think about putting a sticker on your car or window. You would not in, the, in a moment think about telling your neighbors that you're a born-again child of God because you're affecting your fellowship. What you need is different fellowship. And that can come two ways. Your neighbors can get saved or you can go find another neighborhood. But the point is this. Why are we ashamed of him? Why do we find it hard to tell people, I'm a blood-bought, born-again child of God? And then you'll have the opportunity, if you've really been born again, you know what they're going to tell you? Well, I've noticed some changes in your life, and I did, didn't know what happened. Well, you know what that is? That's your first step to lead somebody to Jesus. Because if you think I'm a better person, and you'd like to have what I have, there's plenty of, of it to go around because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from what? All sin. That includes your best friend. And you know what? If you don't witness to your best friends, who's going to witness to them? They're not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to any preacher. But I'll tell you what, there's no argument for a changed life. There is no argument. Or a person that used to hate that starts to love, that used to damn God's name, that begins to praise God's name, that one who used to always go in the places of darkness no longer goes there because they have been born again. Paul said in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Romans 10.11, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Acts 2.41, they that gladly received his word were baptized. Galatians 3.27, as many of you as have been baptized unto Christ have put on Christ. Do you know what that means? When you put on Christ, that means people, when they see you, are getting a glimpse of what Jesus is like. What Christianity is, is we're little Christ. We, we don't hold the same rank, but the heat that is in us is available to those that are walking in darkness, and we are the light of the world, yet we want to live in darkness. We want to go in the places of darkness, and I challenge you to read the Scripture and show me where the Bible doesn't say that God's people are to walk in the light. He's the light of the world. When Jesus shows up, there is light, not darkness. 
And you know what? Jesus said, I am the way. That means the only way. The truth, the only truth to eternal life. So we sit and we wait. Lord, what would you have us to do? Well, as we come to a close, there's one other reason I want to share with you, the fourth reason. And I'll be brief here to show clearly to others what Jesus has done in your life. Romans 6, 4. Buried Christ in baptism unto death, raised to walk in a new life. Colossians 2, 12. We're buried with him in baptism, wherein also you're risen with him through faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. And our old life is dead. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives within me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave himself for me. So what is the result? When you get saved, power comes. We become filled with the Holy Spirit. God begins to take our life and use it for his glory. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I, saved by his power divine, saved by new life sublime. Life is sweet, and my joy is complete. I am saved, saved, saved. That's the way you're supposed to come out of a baptistry. And for many of you, you went in dry and you could have rewrote this song and said, now I'm wet, wet, <laughs> wet. But I brought two towels. So when I go home, I will be dry again now that's okay to bring the towels and go home dry unless it's spiritual drought because once you're born again you'll never live in sin any longer that's the promise of God's holy word Acts 1-8 you say I don't think I can believe that Acts 1-8 you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you that's where it's going to come from folks when you're going in you don't have that power but when you come out having been obedient in believers baptism there is something that happens that you've never experienced before this church is filled with people like this these first four rows I could stop and, and name names that are right here on the first four rows be careful I'm not going to have you stand all right <laughs> but you know what they'll do They'll tell you everything I've said this morning exactly what happened in their life. And some of them thought, you know, I probably got voted least likely to get saved in my community. But the blood of Christ cleanses from what? All sin. All sin. 